The Ziggler Show. Timeless inspiration from Zig Ziggler that's influenced over 250 million people worldwide. Inspiring true performance in your work and life today. Welcome to episode 317 of The Ziggler Show. I'm your host, Kevin Miller, brand ambassador and marketing strategist for Ziggler. Today's show topic is handling what happens to you. No matter who you are and what you believe, there are things that happen to you that are you can't control them. And wisdom is not being Pollyanna about it. Wisdom feels it. It feels the trial, the pain, the heartache, betrayal, fear, abandonment, and the weight. Wisdom is not denial, but then wisdom strives to overcome and strengthen and grow. And that's what we're going to discuss today after hearing, in my opinion, one of Zig's most powerful messages. Not the most popular but one of the most powerful. It's a 13-minute clip. With me today is Tom Ziegler, proud son and CEO of Ziegler. And folks, we are in business. The reason uh, Zig was able to reach so many people and influence over 250 million people for the better was because they paid him. Uh, they paid him to deliver his messages and teach his principles, and they bought his books. Today at Ziegler, there are two primary resources you can use to change your life for the better today. So this is shameless promotion uh, here. We're going to talk about real quick before we dive into this clip and this topic and talk today, uh, Ziegler Legacy Certification Course. It's a five-day intense training in the Ziegler principles and resources You'll leave with your life transformed and the Ziggler team and brand endorsing you as a Ziggler trainer. It's the Ziggler uh, headquarters where this happens with the entire team and the family, uh, including Tom. Uh, this, is, this is for radicals. I mean, in truth, people like Glenn Keller, uh, a trucker who recently attended, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share one of the benefits that he gave back to us. So Glenn C. Keller uh, he attended last August, 2014, and he said in September, he made some lifestyle changes. He started counting calories, eating proper portions, eating healthy. He lost a to total, listen to this, of 92 pounds and went from a 56-inch waist to a 42-inch waist. says now his 42-inch pants are getting too big. Uh, his blood pressure is better than he can ever recall. The ability to move around without labored breathing is a big benefit. And with the new energy and vitality, the benefits seem endless. He says, I can't even measure what it did for my personal self-image and esteem. If you go to Facebook, type in Glenn, G-L-E-N-N-C, Keller, K-E-L-L-E-R. You'll find him. You'll see what he's doing, which primarily at this point is leading and inspiring others as a Ziegler Legacy Certified Trainer. Uh, okay, now ZLC is not a weight loss clinic, though Tom may talk to you about juicing just like he did with Glenn. Uh, but those who come finally find the needed motivation, training, and support to change their lives and others. It's a significant investment and commitment to massive life change, becoming a player instead of a spectator. And that sounds grandiose, but it's for real. We have more people living life vicariously through a screen these days, uh, and, and that's not enough for you. If you're listening to this, I know that's not enough for you. Is that going to be your, your legacy? I think you want more. So ZieglerCertified.com. All right, folks, I want you to go check it out. ZieglerCertified.com. July coming up this year, just a couple months from now, there are 10 seats left. 
in that event. You can go see the details at ZiglarCertified.com. Now, we do have another resource, very powerful, an incredible value, and a beginning step. It's brand new, but we'll tell you about it at the end of today's show. All right, Tom, we're going to get into this. But first, you were, for those who don't know, Tom was an accomplished collegiate golfer with sights on going on tour. You just played, and you shared this with me earlier this week, uh, your first tournament in a long, long time. So tell us what you learned out there. Oh, my gosh. You know, people were asking me, how are you going to prepare? What do you think? And, and uh, just to be clear, it wasn't a, a super competitive tournament by any means. I wasn't trying to go out there and compete with the guys who play all the time. Uh, but the reality was, is, is I had very reasonable expectations. I was going for the fellowship. Uh, I was going for the fun. I knew I would hit some bad shots. I knew I would hit some good shots. And so jokingly, I told people, I set my uh, expectations incredibly low so that I could exceed them. <laughs> and boy, I was not disappointed. No, the reality is, is that uh, dad used to say anything worth doing is worth doing poorly until you learn to do it well. And I think a lot of times we get down on ourselves because we used to be good at something or we used to be in shape or we used to be able to run a, you know, a six minute mile or we used to, and then we, life happens, we move on and, and then we hesitate on going back to it because we can't do it at that level anymore. And that's a shame because the reality is, is it's still good for you to go out and jog and run, even if you can't do a six minute mile, it's still good for you to go out and socialize and have fun playing golf, even if you can't break par anymore. And so it felt great to get out there, but I just want everybody to listen. I had realistic expectations going out there. My priorities and my goals were different because I'm no longer in that competitive category like I used to be. Now I'm in the, you know, what's the best I can do today category, and that's what I tried to do. Well, hey, on that note, let's go into listening to your dad, Zig, talking on how to handle what happens to you. People who are confident and productive, they don't mind you kidding them along. Good, clean kidding and humor, I think very definitely has a place. Now, I don't need to tell you that as a tenth of 12 children, six of them being too young to work, heart of the Depression, small Mississippi town, we had a tough time financially in the Depression. Other families had it tough too. But I'm so grateful that for whatever reason, I did not choose to notice what we did not have. What I did notice is what a lot of people did have in that little town. See, even in those times, I noticed some people wore nice clothes. They drove nice cars. They lived in nice houses. They took nice trips. They even had dinner out. Some of them even played golf at the country club. You know what I've noticed in every decade of my life since, and this is the message I really want you to get right here, I've noticed that regardless of the economy, there are some people who don't pay any attention at all to it. As you well know, the media has accurately predicted 27 of the last two recessions. Now, there are some people who just don't pay any attention to what other people are doing. For example, I've noticed without exception that in some instances, many instances, when the economy is absolutely magnificent, there are a bunch of folks going broke. I have noticed that in some instances where the economy is absolutely horrible, there are a bunch of folks getting rich. How many of you have noticed exactly the same thing? 
Now, this is major point number two. Major point number one is you do have a choice. You can do something now about your life, making it either better or worse, and the choice is here. Number two is this. It is not what is going on out there. You see, a lot of that you cannot change. There's nothing you can do about Bosnia at this moment personally. There is something you can do about you and your future, and that's what I want to be talking about. It's not what happens out there that makes a difference in your life. It's what goes on between your own two ears. Now, that's what makes the difference. Neil Rudenstein is the president of Harvard University, and this is point number three. His mother is a part-time waitress. His father is a prison guard. See, it's not who your mama and your daddy might have been. It's not what they have done. The question is, what kind of legacy will you leave to your children and your grandchildren? It is what you do. Now, a lot of times we encounter people who have a, you know, a pity party on a regular basis. They have what we call the plum disease, P-L-O-M. That's poor little old me. And they, you know, the, the problem basically with pity parties when they have them is that very few people come and those who do don't bring presents. <laughs> now, let me, let me point out, they did a study of 300 world-class leaders. Now I'm talking about Roosevelt and Churchill. I'm talking about Martin Luther King and Mahatma Gandhi. I'm talking about Clara Barton and Helen Keller and Mother Teresa, world-class leaders, 300 of them. 75% of them were either raised in poverty or had been abused as children or else had some serious physical impairment. But you see, point number four, they understood it's not what happens to you, it's how you handle what happens to you that is going to make the difference. I think, for example, of the Edsel Automobile which many people recognize as being by far the most profitable motor car that Ford ever built. Now, I know what you listening to this tape are thinking right now. You're thinking to yourself, Ziggler, that sucker was a dog. Well, they, you know, it cost them a whole lot of money. They stopped production. What do you mean it was the most profitable one? Remember I said a moment ago, it's not what happens to you, it's how you handle it. You see, out of the Edsel came the Mustang. Out of the Mustang came the Taurus. They took the mistake, learned from it, capitalized on it, and look at what happens as a result. It's not what happens to you, it's how you handle it. John Foppy was recognized two years ago as one of the top ten young Americans by the United States Junior Chamber of Commerce. I met John when he was speaking for the Department of Defense up in Colorado Springs. He had admirals and generals, CEOs of the Fortune 500 companies in front of him, 19-year-old young man, and he spoke with confidence and clarity and conviction and power. John had graduated from college three and a half years, come Lottie, working his way partially through. You ought to see John drive a car and scramble eggs and go skiing and paint portraits and do those sort of things. You ought to watch him just eat. Do you see... John Foppy was born without any arms. But as John said to me one day, he said, You know, Zig, if I had the longest, strongest arms ever put on a human being, he said, there'd still be only so high I could reach, only so uh, much weight I could lift. I don't care how long and tall and strong and big your arms might be. They have a limit. But, Zig, you know, I face more situation every day where I have to use my creative imagination than the average person does in a month's time. And there's no limit to what we can do internally. 
Now, this message basically is the power of hope. Because if there's hope in the future, there is literally power in the present. My objective in uh, these recordings is basically to share with you how you can get more of the things that money will buy and all of the things that money won't buy. Money is important. There are some people, you know, who literally are struggling for survival. Part of our objective is to help those people, and all of us, at least in one or two instances in our life, have been in that situation where if we had a flat tire, it was a financial disaster. If we spilled something on a dress or tore a suit or something, it really represented difficulty. We would run out of gas on the highway. I mean, these people are struggling for survival. We want to share with you as we go along how to move from survival to stability. And then how do you move from stability to success? And then how do you move from success to significance? Money is important. Now, don't misunderstand. It's not everything, but it rates reasonably close to oxygen. I mean, uh, you know, it's got to be in the picture. Now, you know, anybody that says they're not interested in money is going to lie about other things, too. A lot of people just don't have any concepts about money. They talk about cold, hard cash, which is silly. It's neither cold nor hard. It's soft and warm. It, uh, it, 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 it feels good. Feel it. That's long enough. All right. Now, the, uh, the, the, the nice thing about money is it's so beautifully colored. I mean, listen, ladies, this will go with anything you've got. I mean, you don't have to worry about color coordination. Yeah. You know, I got to confess, I like the things that money buys. I like to wear nice clothes. I like to drive a nice car. I like to live in a nice house. I like to take nice trips. I like to take my wife out to nice restaurants. and all ni- I like all of those things, and, and all of them cost money. But I love the things money won't buy. See, money bought me a nice house. It'll never buy me a home. Money will buy me a bed. won't buy me a good night's sleep. Money will buy me a companion. won't buy me a friend. Money will buy me a good time, but it won't buy peace of mind. All of those things are available. Now, I'll never tell you it's easy, but they are available. I want to share with you in this series, how do you achieve employment security in a world where job security no longer exists? And I think everybody would recognize that. And we're going to look at that very carefully. How do you live well? And how do you finish well? I think it's very important we understand that. How do you develop the qualities that are necessary to accomplish all of these things? And and do I have what it takes? I'm going to be giving you an awful lot of stories, examples, and illustrations. The Center for Creative Research out of Greensboro, North Carolina, said that the parable, the story, the example, is the best way to teach, particularly if you are teaching values. Seems that a couple of thousand years ago, somebody else used the parable quite effectively in teaching the truths that really do make a difference. When I think of uh, the thought that might go through your mind as you sit there in your car, maybe listening to this, wondering, well, you know, Zig has said some pretty significant things there about, you know, what is available. I wonder, poor little me, plum disease in full force. Can, can I accomplish those things? Well, let me tell you about Vince, Robert, and, and, and you kind of think along with me and see how you compare to Vince. He's 37 years old. Now, how old are you? Had a fifth grade education. How much education do you have? He drove a taxi. What do you do? Now, the question is, 
Where do you think Vince Robert was going to end up in the minds of a lot of people? I know many would say, well, there's a perfect candidate for governmental assistance before he passes on. But one day when Vince was uh, waiting on a fare at the airport or downtown in front of a hotel, lightning struck. I don't know what happened. But he bought a book. It was a dictionary, a 15-pound Webster's Dictionary. Isn't it? How many of you know why Webster wrote the dictionary? It, His wife kept asking him, now, what does that mean? Well, anyhow, (laughs) I'm sure glad y'all are in such a good frame of mind. You know, laughter is good for you. and gets those endorphins and the dopamine and norepinephrine hopping around in there, you know. And and interestingly enough, it also is, uh, is economical to laugh. There's new scientific evidence that's been validated in the American Medical Association Journal which proves beyond any doubt that if you have a tendency to laugh and refrain from doing it, the laughter reverses itself, comes back inside, and spreads your hips. <laughs> so we, uh, uh, you know, uh, so we encourage you go ahead and uh, go ahead and ready laugh and enjoy yourself because, as you well know, obesity is widespread. Now, Vince Robert <clears throat> put that dictionary on the front seat of his automobile. And starting on word one, page one, he started learning those words. By the time he had barely gotten into the dictionary, maybe an eighth of an inch thick, all of a sudden he starts understanding things he's only been hearing, understanding things he's only been reading. Now this is validated by Georgetown Medical School, which said in their studies that in 100% of the cases, no exception, that when your vocabulary increases, your IQ goes up every single case. You can build a magnificent vocabulary and not invest any time at all, none. All you got to do is get your dictionary, put it in the bathroom. Now, when you, uh, when, you, when you analyze what I just said, it really will take you no time at all. That IQ goes up. Now, let me tell you what happened to Vince Robert. As he started hearing things and listening to things, he started understanding them. He started investing in the stock market, took every dime he could spare. He ended up buying the 19-car cab company. He kept investing. Today is a wealthy man, travels Canada, telling people how he did it. You know what I believe with all my heart? There will be tens of thousands of Vince Robertses who will listen to what I just said and say, if that guy can do it, I can do it too. That's what this is all about. All right. Well, I'm going to jump in with one of his initial messages in that piece. And it was, regardless of the economy, there are some people who don't pay any attention at all to it. And we laugh at that. They laughed in that clip. But, you know, in all reality, uh, the last recession that we uh, we call it a recession that we had. Now, you know our friends at SaddlebackLeather.com at that company. They're selling an incredible but honestly, admittedly, very high-priced Completely non-essential, don't tell Dave Munson we said that, but non-essential leather bags. They increased their sales by millions throughout this last recession. You know why? I think uh, in a lot of ways, people, no matter what, they buy what they value. You know, in some ways, these tight times, though, they show us people's true values. It shows where people invest. And when I say tight, I don't just mean financially. I mean, you may be tight in regards to hopelessness, depression, or addiction, or numbness. In those times, where then will you invest? Will you medicate with or 
invest in your life. So Zig in this clip said that when the economy is absolutely magnificent, there are a bunch of folks going broke. When the economy is horrible, there are people getting rich. Now, it's not to minimize hard circumstances, but to showcase who overcomes them or is overcome by them. Isn't this why we watch you know, epic movies, Tom, or, or sports? I mean, to see who has the stuff. Uh, but when do we measure ourselves? When do we turn around and look at us on the couch and measure us and, and require something of us? Who are we accountable to to overcome? Is it family, God, ourselves? And I was tempted to make that question rhetorical, but I'm going to throw it at you, Tom, since uh, uh, you, you excel in these hard questions. You ready? How do you feel about that piece of the equation? I mean, <laughs> what we require of ourselves and who are we accountable to? I mean, we've become a very isolated, individualized culture. Do you see, Tom, overcomers, do they have more accountability generally than others and therefore more required of them? Yeah. You know, it's it's interesting that uh, I think there are studies out, and I'm going to get the statistics wrong, but basically it says that 70%, about 70% of men would not have embarked on an affair if they'd had a true friend advise them not to. Wow. In other words, because they didn't have a true friend, they did not have an accountability partner. Right. And so they stepped off into the deep end and it ends up destroying their marriage and their life and all these different things. And so who we are accountable to, boy, that's a that is a great question. We should all have accountability partners. I have two or three really close friends who I, you know, I call friends and mentors and and true friends and things like that. And and we talk about things like this. So, you know, first off is is you got to look outside a little bit, somebody who can give you advice, somebody who can give you that little that little tap on the rear end that says, come on now, you know, get out of that pity party and start working. Uh, the other thing is you need to be accountable to yourself. And I like this approach, be accountable to yourself, to the little habits that make the big difference. When we look at uh, the things that go wrong in life, the, you know, the recessions that come on, the, the job that didn't quite turn out right, the, the issues that we face, if we have built into our life, five or six positive habits that give us the physical, the mental, and the spiritual stamina, then we're able to power through these downtimes because we all get them. I mean, it's just a reality. So what do these habits look like? Are you having a quiet time and a time of refreshment and learning in the morning, you know, before everything gets started? Are you doing something physical? Are you exercising, walking? Are you eating right? Are you listening to the right kind of information on a regular basis? Are you associating with the right kind of friends? Instead of just saying, yeah, I'm going to do that, why not make it a habit? Why not really miss something when you don't do it? And so we've got to be accountable to ourselves, to these habits. And, you know, in, in Dad's quote so many times, he said the difference in, in the economy is not out there. It's right in between our ears, right? It's that six inches. And so – if it's our outlook and our attitude that really uh, impacts how well we're going to do, then what are the habits that we're working on every day that allow us to do well? Well, this uh, outlines that we don't prescript these because you're, you're already jumping ahead and stealing my thunder here. Uh, I, we're going to come back to that, though. I want to jump back to what you said about 70% of men would not have embarked on an unfair or gone astray without, or if they had a true friend. 
And it, it took me to the Ziggs wall of fame right there in the office you're sitting in now. I mean, that is such an iconic piece of his life and a reality when you walk in there to see how many pictures are up there, Tom, of people that he said, these are the people that shaped me and shaped my life that he had by his side. Yep. 28 uh, men and women. He calls it the wall of gratitude. Uh, some of them like moms up there, lifelong partner, uh, others who came into his life for a period of time and mentored him, coached him, gave him a break, uh, men and women there. And, uh, you know, these were people that he realized like a like a turtle on a fence post didn't get there by himself. Well, right? I, dad, dad never got to where he was by himself either. Well, I just again, I mean, that's that's a we could do a show just on that. Who would you have in your wall of gratitude? And the fact that he he framed these these aren't just theoretical. These aren't just people he he harkens back to. They're in frame on the wall. Who would be? on my wall, my own wall of gratitude. I'll have to stew on that. That's, that's weighty. Um, well, so some points out of this that I want to pull out and then throw another question at you, Tom, uh, Ziggs points out of here. Number one, he says, you do have a choice. You can do something now about your life, making it either better or worse. Number two, it is not what is going on out there. Just as you said a moment ago, there's little you can do about what's happening out there, but there's a lot you can do about you and your future. It's what goes on between your two years. Number three, it's not about what you've been given. It's about what legacy you choose to leave. And then number four, it's not what happens to you. It's how you handle what happens to you that's going to make the difference. And, of course, that's where I took the title for today's show. So, Tom, I mean, it's, it seems to culminate with, I mean, we are all going to have hard things happen to us. We will be a victim, some far worse than others, of course. We've both been privy to people with very, very harsh realities, much more so than our own lives. Some who've been overcome by them and some who have overcome. So like the world-class leaders who had such harsh realities, and I'm going to come to that in a second as well. But we wonder what has made the difference. What's the difference maker? If we knew for sure, of course, we'd have the the Holy Grail. But uh, we don't know every essence of why somebody overcomes and somebody else doesn't. But so much of it seems to be, Tom, just left up. Is it to personal decision? Is it that simplistic? It seems hard to accept that it's just that. In the moment, it's your personal decision. It's choice. We hear that a lot. That's, that's hard. What, what do you see? You know, I see a couple of things. And, and uh, whenever I see an exceptional human being, uh, somebody who has achieved an incredible uh, level of success and also has a maturity about them, you know, one of the questions I try to find out behind the scenes is, you know, was that person raised in a family where a family member had some sort of a special need, like a brother or sister who was a special needs child or maybe a parent who had to overcome a, a difficulty, a, you know, a, a physical issue going on? Uh, I always look at that and I think, you know, what what is it that they made them that way? And the reason I ask that question is because, Exceptional people have this this ability to look outside of themselves and care about someone else in the midst of the trial, right? When you have somebody who is looking out for the for somebody else's benefit, you know they're sacrificing so that there's somebody they love can have more. That's when exceptionalism really happens. And then the second is there's this 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 kind of hope that comes from inside of them where they realize that, you know what, it's, it's been bad, but, but what's happened in my past doesn't determine 
what's going on in my future. I can do something right now to change my future. And so this combination of being not self-centered anymore but worrying, not worrying, but just going out there and helping somebody else they love who needs it, who can't help themselves, that compassion, that generosity, that care, along with this attitude that says, hey, I can do something today because if I can do something to make things better, then I win and my family wins. Okay, to a great degree, you just hit on what my next pondering was with you. And I was going to bring up our friend Simon Sinek, who wrote the book Start With Why, which, folks, if, you're, uh, if you've not seen the TED Talk by Simon Sinek, go type it in. It's Simon, S-I-M-O-N, Sinek, S-I-N-E-K, and just type in why. But his book was Start With Why. And I, that's what you just outlined here, Tom, as a crux, that those who overcame had a why and in this aspect you said it's due to a relationship somebody that they care about now uh i don't know let's hit on that what are some other primary again we're talking about things hard things that have happened people how they've handled it why they have overcome when others haven't and if we look at the why you just said they care about somebody beyond themselves what's another why that you see that's often guiding people to overcome and not be overcome. You know, the why could be a, a, con, a compelling dream or a vision that someone has. You know, this the sense that they're not in it just for themselves, but they're in it to change the world. They're in it to create something that nobody else has ever created. And so they I, I call this phrase, I say they wake up every day working for a dream instead of a paycheck, right? Because you know, when we think of, I think Simon Sinek even said this. He said, you know, Martin Luther King didn't say, I have a plan. He said, I have a dream. And when you have a dream, that gets other people excited. And when you get other people excited, you get energy out of that. I know the dad woke up every day for a dream, you know, and his dream was, is there something I can do or say today that will have a positive impact on somebody else's life? I mean, he just, he got so much joy and satisfaction out of unleashing the truth in a positive way and then having people grab a hold of it and then having that truth carry them to a level they never thought possible. Because that's really all dad did is he looked at principles and values and truths that have been there since creation and he made them so plain and simple. He called it putting the cookies on the bottom shelf. You know, the cookies in life should be easy to reach and Unfortunately, through, you know, bad information or conditioning or, you know, things that have gone on, we get these false ideas of the way life should be. You know, life is not easy. Life is hard. I mean, the reality, we all know that, right? But we, we try to medicate. We try to take the easy way out. But when we realize, you know what, it's okay that life is hard because when I understand that life is hard, but there are things that I can do that will make my life joyful and give me satisfaction and allow me to help others – now I'm in control instead of, instead of life just happening, right? I can't control what happens to me, but like in that clip, we can control how we respond to that. And that's, that's why Dad woke up every day with a big grin and an eager and either uh, pep in a step to go make it happen because he knew that there was some truth that he could say in a new way that would unlock somebody else somewhere and he would get satisfaction out of that. Okay, well, this clip, as I talked about, I think it's one of the most powerful of his, and I feel like we're about halfway through the nuggets that we could talk about here. And uh, let's wrap up here, Tom. 
And let's do a part two. We're going to come back to this. So, folks, we're going to stick on this for the next show and come back because there are three significant things I want to discuss. Uh, and yet we're already at about the 30 minute mark. I, I do want to come back to those those world class leaders that he talked about. And you just mentioned again, Tom, and he said 75 percent of them were either raised in poverty or had been abused as children or had some serious physical impairment. I think we'll start off the next show, part two on this topic, right there. But for this one, that it seems that what we keep coming back to is, or, or a culmination of this, is knowing your why. Again, the title was Handling What Happens to You. Why do some people overcome? It seems that they have a significant why that is the thing that guides them through when things get difficult and others without that why are overcome by it. Well, hey, I promised that we'd also wrap up with another Ziegler resource. Now, this is uh, something new, something that's just been launched. If you're one of the three million folks who follow us on Ziegler on Facebook, on the uh, Ziegler fan page, you've probably seen a little bit about this. But, Tom, I want you to let people know how they can participate in and what it is, Ziegler On Demand. All right, Kevin, I'm extremely excited about Ziegler On Demand. What we've done is we've taken all of dad's greatest programs, whether it's How to Stay Motivated, which is 21 hours on personal development, attitude, motivation, success, goal setting, secrets of clothes, and the sale. That's 14 hours on everything you know about sales, maybe the best sales recording ever done. Raising Positive Kids and Courtship After Marriage, each one of those on family and kids and how to have the right kind of relationship. That's 12 hours of content. Strategies for Success, over six hours. True Performance, the most recent program that Dad released. All of these programs are in Ziegler On Demand. And here's the cool thing is you can access them through your computer or your smartphone. It's like a 24-7 library that you can go in. You can listen to any program you want. You pick the one you want. You start listening. You can go all the way through. You can skip around. And we offer this as a subscription. So you can check it out at at Ziegler.com. Right on the landing page at Ziegler.com, we've got a, a, a big graphic up on it. You can subscribe to this either monthly or annually. And I'll say this, that if you went and you purchased all those programs individually, you'd spend almost $1,200. And this subscription is either $9.95 a month or $99 for the year. It's by far the most incredible value that we have. And it answers the biggest question. The, it, it's the answer to the biggest lesson that I learned from Dad, and that is, we are what we are and where we are because of what's gone into our mind, and we can change what we are and we can change where we are by changing what goes into our mind. So if you want to fill your good, your mind with the good stuff and you want to have easy access to it so you can be on your smartphone, you're out there walking or driving in the car or whatever you're doing with Bluetooth through the phone, through your stereo, you got it made right there, Ziggler On Demand. It's the way to go. Okay, so folks, Ziggler.com, it's right there on the front page. I think you scroll down, and it's the uh, ending banner there, but you can find out about there, more details, and enroll right away. Thanks for tuning in with us. We'll be back with you on the next show for part two on this topic. Thanks for tuning in to The Ziggler Show. Sign up for new show alerts at ZigglerShow.com. You can have everything in life you want if you'll just help enough other people get what they want.